This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Whether it's heating or cooling, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call them today at 401-351-7600. Listen, we still have a number of months ahead. You're going to need the heat. We don't know what's going to happen. March can still be chilly. April can still be obviously chilly. The heating season. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier, Infinity System. They're energy-efficient, they're quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, Carrier Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 53 years, JKL's reputation, second to none. Technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. Call JKL Engineering today. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, for a heat pump. They're going to do it right. They're going to do it right the first time. And remember, with JKL Engineering, they'll keep it nice and cool in the summertime and nice and warm in the wintertime. Central Air is a life changer. Central Air is a game changer. And right now, estimates are free. Financing is available. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, the original, the best, JKL Engineering. Call them 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. It's the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. Folks, it's time for our segment, This Week in Politics. Joining me, he's the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com, Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off, if you don't mind, with the front page of the Providence Journal, a very alarming headline, and it has to do mainly uh, focusing on General Treasurer Seth Magaziner, but that the state is running out of cash. Well, I mean, that's to be expected. A lot of the... A lot of the revenue that the state takes in, including the casinos and uh, people's income tax uh, returns, are just drying up. And so there's there's going to be a, a hit to the state budget. It's it's just not avoidable. Uh, the, my concern with this is a lot of the solutions Magaziner in particular was talking about were were revenue. Let's we need money from the federal government. Maybe a tax increase and payroll, especially to deal with um, all the new claims for. Uh, unemployment insurance, tens of thousands of them at this point in just a couple of weeks. Uh, so they're looking for revenue. Uh, I'm not hearing a whole lot from them about what they're going to trim back in their expenses, which is going to have to be part of the story when this is all said and done. What do you make of, um, I mean, as we know, the state was barely, it's, it, the, the budget is ridiculous. Um, you know, it was just, I think it was about a couple of weeks right before this happened, of everything really exploded. Kathy Gregg had that story where, you know, it, it's, it's when you think about it, talk about gouging and indulging the amount of money they just spend on catered meals. I know it's, it's not that much, but it just, it's an attitude where they're there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 
and literally, I think it was well over $100,000 was spent on catered meals with all people somewhat kind of politically connected, bringing meals as if there's any employer in this, no, no employer in the state does anything like that. And yet they feel a need or the, uh, the right, uh, that they could do something like that. But Justin, uh, the, the state Ramundo was basically two, I think $200 million deficit before this began. Those that follow it know, I mean, they, they were not in a booming economy where other states were having surpluses. The state of Rhode Island was still uh, very much running, you know, deficits and, and unnecessary and, and always saying things like Mattiello, this is going to be a tough budget. And, and again, uh, that was during a boom time. Uh, what else, anything else stand out with you with, with Magaziner? Well, uh, one thing that strikes me is, I mean, he's a, he's a young guy with not very much practical business experience, uh, or if any. And so I think that's, that's another lesson. I mean, you, you mentioned how the legislature uses a lot of money for catered meals there. There are a lot of, a lot of expenses at the state level that are unnecessary. And what this what they ought to do with the exercise we ought to learn now is start with what's what's critical, you know, the public safety and all those those core missions of government and make a list to the most frivolous thing you spend money on. And it might be catered meals or that might not even be the most frivolous thing state government spends money on. And that's the first thing that's just got to go. And we don't we don't run our budget that way in boom times, as you point out. And so we're going to suffer for that and we should adjust. And another thing we ought to consider is these people we elect into office who don't have practical experience. So yeah, in, in, in ordinary times, you, you can have a treasure. I mean, think about, I was thinking about this the other day, think about how close Aaron Regenberg, who's never done anything in his life productive, most apart from politics, um, he was very close to being Lieutenant Governor, which would mean if, if God forbid, the Governor Raimondo were to, were to catch the virus and die from it, he would become the governor. I mean, that's that's a scary thing that we really have to start thinking about in Rhode Island. The people we elect into office, uh, we, we've talked in the past about how Mayor Alorza had no practical experience. So one of the things that strikes me with Magaziner is, you know, when you reach a crisis, that's when you need somebody who can draw on some experience. I mean, nobody's dealt with this before, but if you've run a business or if you've, you've been spent you know decades in the military or some other practical application of 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 just keeping something running an organization running you're much better positioned when something like this happens to go okay i've got a reserve of experience what what can i draw on and i think that that could prove to be a problem as we as we move forward and that might be one of the reasons why it's it's the call is immediately hey we need money from the federal government because we don't we don't have people who can actually run our state all that well. That is an excellent point. And you're exactly right on people that have ever been in a crisis situation. Um, it's, it's, you know, of course the various times they had not been in that, but they had experienced other situations where then uh, they were then able to use that uh, reserve, if you will, and then call upon it. But what is frightening about this is his three basic directions are federal spending, sure up the unemployment benefit, uh, it doesn't think any state's going to be without federal assistance, temporary loans, and then borrowing. Justin, I think this is also, they are going to use this. Uh, the state is poorly run, way too many employees. Um, I, I think 16,000 employees are pretty close to it. And at one time with Governor Kachiri, I think the goal was to try to get it under 10,000. And then it went up under 
uh, Governor Chafee, and then now it's really exploded under Raimondo. But the state has too many employees. And then I also notice one of the things that they say is, you know, completely off limits is delaying payments to the state pension fund. It just beginning and end, it always seems to be about state workers. And think of the people that have lost their jobs who are uh, collecting or about to try to get unemployment or businesses that are shutting that will not reopen. And, and once again, how far is this going to go? Because state workers have in their union contract that, you know, a no layoff clause. Well, that's that's one of the it makes me always I always think the movie Titanic, where somebody says, shouts out half the people on this boat are going to die. And another person says not the better half. I mean, you get the impression the way the state runs generally that we're we're here to protect the budget. We're here to protect people who work for the government. They won't suffer from this or at least as much. And that's that's just not the way it ought to ought to go. I mean, as I was I mean, we don't want anybody to be losing their jobs or, or certainly pensions or, or that they rely on or that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, you have to take a cool look at who's doing what and what is, what is going to keep the economy going? What is going to keep people safe? So you start with, you know, the, the people in government, there is a reason to have it. People in government who are, who are critical to its operation. And then you know, at the tail end of that, there, there are employees who, who saving their job is not the most productive thing and you're going to lose a bunch of jobs in the private sector because you protected that one. Then uh, that's just, a, that attitude is just foreign. I mean, as I said, I haven't, in all the lists of, of multiple articles and the lists of things they want to do to try to find money, there's, there's no, you know, I, the governor has not issued an executive order or freezing all non-essential spending, for example. I mean, that kind of thing, would be absolutely critical. And they say, you know, payroll is the top priority. Well, you know, that's, that's not necessarily true. I mean, you have to pay your employees, but some of them aren't needed. So I know, I mean, I'm expecting a lot of businesses. I mean, when this, when this all passes, I do expect a, some snapback of the economy because, you know, the, it's kind of a, a, a unique event that didn't change some of the underlying economics. But I, what I expect to see is a lot of Rhode Island businesses just not opening their doors partly because the state just makes it so difficult to do that if they have to start fresh uh, with a new business. And partly some of them are going to take it as this was my opportunity to retire or to move to another state. Uh, There's just doesn't make, now that I have to reevaluate everything like this as a business owner, Rhode Island just doesn't make sense. So a lot of businesses are going to be doing that. The state government needs to be doing that. How have we been running things and now how should we change it in light of the fact that this is reality. You know, um, you do. I, it's almost like a back. We've we've inverted everything. You know, we, we. I think we've probably talked about before how, at one point, the, the idea was you give government employees great benefits and job security to make up for the fact that they weren't paid very well. Some some decades ago, but now with the unionization of public employees, they are paid very well and they still have the benefits and job security. That kind of attitude, the idea that we have to protect government at all costs, that makes sense if government is doing your critical safety stuff, health, you know, police, fire. If, if your government's doing that, then yes, that you have to protect. But if your government is doing all this other stuff, uh, deeply involved in the economy and in, in providing services to all sorts of people in all sorts of directions, then no, not those aren't necessarily the most critical things that you have to protect. And that's a lesson Rhode Island's going to have to learn one way or another. It's the John DePietro Show. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCart.com. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about the governor in the 30-day waiting period. Also, the governor saying scouring the globe. More on Governor Raimondo. 
Uh, and then also how she keeps threatening to shut down the state. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today your best lawn ever guaranteed. 401 392 1025. 401 392 1025. Or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor Rhode Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line. Lawn Doctor. Go online. Check them out. It's LawnDoctor.com or call them today, 401 401- 392-1025. Lawn Doctor. It's John DePietro, weekdays from 11 to 2. Remember, it's on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online. Visit the website, depetro.com. You can contact me there. You can also, uh, if you want to find out about advertising on the program, you can read the independent report. And if you ever miss any part of the show, just go to depetro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop in and see Ron and Melissa, their bakery, cafe, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Now, they're right off Silver Spring Street. Look for their Facebook page, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They have delicious zeppelas. They have everything you need for St. Patrick's Day. They have cookies and pastry. They have chocolate-covered donuts. They have cannolis. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, world famous. You'd always see them at Water Fire. There'd be a line around the block. Everything is fresh. Brownies, cakes, pies, and they have the exclusive Trump pastry. That's right, making pastry great again. Try some of the Trump cupcakes or the Trump cannolis. You're going to love it. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They're new. They're open. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They are right next door to a AAA location in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. Again, stop it and see them making pastry great again. They have the uh, Trump gift basket that you can get. That's always terrific. But everything is fresh. Ron, for 55 years, what does he do? He creates delicious, fresh pastry. And it's and for perfect for St. Patrick's Day, for a Trump rally, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Look for them on Facebook. And again, cookies, pastry, uh, brownies, chocolate-covered donuts, cannolis, zapolas, and everything, all Trump pastry as well. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. It's John DePietro. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz. Justin, I think um, at the governor's, I thought this was very interesting. Within the same day, which was Sunday, Governor Raimondo said there her staff are scouring the globe to try to find supplies. Now, compared to other states, it, uh, Rhode Island, if we're to believe the numbers, have not, has not had the type of numbers, say, that Massachusetts has. And this business that they're scouring, you know, scouring the globe and she also said, boy, the federal government's really letting her down. And then the same day, a few hours later, the White House had a press conference 
and they announced that Honeywell in Smithfield, Rhode Island, is now going to be starting to make these masks that the, the government needs uh, to fight the coronavirus that uh, people would wear. And then also, uh, as a result of that, Honeywell is going to add 500 jobs. I found it uh, more than a little ironic that you have the governor saying scour the globe. And then at the, the White House, they're saying, yeah, we have a company we're working with right there in Smithfield, Rhode Island, Honeywell. Justin, going back to the governor and then, as you even pointed out, Seth Magazine, basically, we're just going to sit back and wait for the federal government. You haven't heard anything from Governor Raimondo of we need to work with if there are Rhode Island manufacturers that have some of the things we need. And if we and you and this also dovetails into if you had more companies, if you were more business friendly, uh, then you would have more companies that then you could call on in an emergency like this? Well, I, th I think this goes to a, to basically a, a whole attitude I, I've been kind of bothered by. I mean, it's, it's we, we, the other day we got the, the kind of the school mom kind of, hey, you kids, knock it off. If you're having meetings, don't do that, or I'm going to have to come down on you harder. I mean, that was the governor's attitude there. And I think that's probably one of the worst attitudes you can have, because the sorts of people who are ignoring the governor are going to be kind of incensed by that. But the idea is, you know, all you all you Rhode Islanders, you here's what you can do. Stay home. Let us take care of it. You just be children. We'll take care of you and we'll let you go out and play after this is all over. The attitude, I think, ought to be, OK, we are a society of adults who do productive things that no matter what you do, it's a vocation and you're doing something important for the world. How can we use what we've got? And I think this as you this juxtaposition of the governor saying we're going to scour the globe and and don't the Trump administration saying, we already did. We're going to Smithfield, Rhode Island. Right. I mean, she <laughs> ought to have been in the middle of that. Yes. I mean, about how for, for years we've been hearing how, oh, I'm, I'm out there trying to work with businesses and get the economy going in Rhode Island and get us good, well-paying jobs. Well, this is what that looks like. Right. <laughs> you know, if, if one, if she had a, a relationship with the federal government and wasn't such a hostile, we have to do everything we possibly can to get rid of this president. Maybe the governor, the president would have said, hey, governor, I've got a, a lead into your state on this stuff. Do you want to work with me on this? Right. Instead, it's, yeah, whatever, you're, you're irrelevant to us. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the, it seems to me we're, we're shutting down our economy. One of the things the governor can, can maybe do, I mean, a month or two ago, we were hearing how she's deeply involved with the hospital issue in Rhode Island and as if she ought to have some say in whether private businesses merge or not. And now that, that would have been a good use of her time in the past few weeks was let me think about what companies we have in Rhode Island and let's see what they can do to stay open and be productive in this crisis. And it, that's not the attitude at all. And this, I think this little anecdote, I mean, it's great that this Honeywell's in Rhode Island and going to be doing this, but it's, but it's not, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's, you know, not the biggest deal in the world, but this little anecdote, really does show that that difference in attitude of where the government were just going to take charge and tell you what to do. And that means stay home versus what can we all do as a society to move forward uh, and, and make, make this all work. It was, um, I think it is interesting that Honeywell, that according from what we're learning, they didn't even think like, let's reach out to governor Raimondo. They went straight to Washington. You're exactly right. She was not in the mix. Um, but, but, but just their attitude of sitting back and waiting for the federal government. I also noticed then even, you know, they're very, the Raimondo people are very cognizant of the look of the 
press conferences. And what I've been told is like, she's really proud. And there was a certain member of the media was like, wow, it's so great to see such diversity with the state emergency where you have Dr. Nicole Scott, who's obviously African-American. You have Brett Smiley standing behind her, who's openly gay. You have the governor as the first female governor. Uh, you know, Manny, I'm sure they wish she could have a Sumco there because then it's a female head of the state police, but that didn't work out. But that even at the press conference, now that they're remote and she's taking questions as opposed to uh, reporters standing up, I know Margie O'Brien. And I, I've known her for a while. She worked first at Channel 6, then I think she worked at Channel 10. But she works for Capital TV, which in essence is kind of like state-run TV where your job is to do these, quote, interviews. And they were all fluff, you know, interviews with the speaker, with the head of the Senate president. They're, even in a situation like that, they don't even reach out and maybe have a local journalist of some of one of the major, you know, one of the news outlets, whoever it may be, someone from Channel 10 or 12 or the Journal or whoever, and do that for the day. Um, they have to incorporate it and into that type of show. And that kind of dov dovetails into what I want to move in next to, which is how do you find the governor to be at these press briefings, uh, Justin Katz? Do you think that she needs to have one every day? And I agree with you. I think through her tenure as being a public uh, official, Governor Mundo has just never been able to get out of that. And I know they would think that, oh, that's a sexist thing to say. But she always she even used to say she has that mom approach. But how, how do you think she is at these uh, press briefings? Well, I mean, she she is kind of rigid and she does tend to, you know, get into that that mode that we were just talking about. Um, I think I, I do think it's good that she's having a daily press briefing because people people are concerned about this and a lot of them are sitting at home with nothing to do. So that that touch is good. Uh, and I, I like your idea that I mean every day they could cycle a different news outlet. All right. Channel 10, you get this day. Channel 12 gets the next day. The province journal, you get the next day. That's if they don't want to do it in a bigger room where more people can attend. Um, but I, I don't know. I She's not I, I've never found her to be to present very well uh she does have that not only the the as, as she said the the mom approach but that road scholar ivy league kind of attitude doesn't i don't think quite convey like as it should that said you know you do the best you can with what you got and i, I think the daily briefings are a good idea the idea that the diversity of the people presenting is important i, do, I think points to one of our one, one of our modern lunacies but um other than that, you know, it, it is a kind of a crisis situation and people do want at least the impression that there's somebody, uh, somebody in charge. Now, contrast that, I, I actually got in some arguments on social media for posting about this, but when the, the Alorza emergency team had their press conference a, a week or two ago, I mean, they were all there in sweat clothes and like, their workout outfits. And I, I suggested that was probably not the best presentation right. so i mean I, I think the governor does at least have enough yes well at least enough pr people and enough sense to say okay we're going to make this look all right here's our emergency guy he's in a military looking at outfit that's going to calm people we're all going to be dressed and presentable and we're, i think that is important so i think it is important to have that leader out there putting a good face on things and i think she's done that well and i in, also in regard to that i think other things like i had commented the other day that the, the, even just the panic of of people thinking we're going to have a lockdown i think is sending people out to stores to go let me buy two months worth of stuff in case i can't 
go out of my house because I'm locked down. So it's good that she can, for example, come out and say, we're not thinking about that at the moment and calm those fears. I, so I, I, that's an important thing for, for a leader to do. And I think there she's doing, if anything, a little better than I expected. That, that is an excellent point. Folks, it's the John DePietro Show. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. Coming up, we are going to talk about the situation with restaurants and also the uh, Center for Freedom of Prosperity, their idea of government distancing, and also the uh, some people see it as a gun grab uh, by Governor Raimondo. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Everyone is talking about germs, about algae, about mildew. No, I know they're talking about the virus. What about some of the viruses outside your home? As the weather's getting warmer, now is the time. Let's make your property, home or business, look as best it can with Bethel Softwash. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel Softwash. Now, you can text Jared at Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, Bethel Softwash of Lincoln. Free day, free same day text estimate at 401 617-2585. Text him at 401-617-2585. And what I mean is, if you text Jared, this is what my house looks like, he'll give you a free estimate right there. I'm talking outside your home. I encourage you to visit their Facebook page, and you can see the before and after, and what a difference it makes. Bethel soft washing is the low-pressure system. It won't harm the surface. Low-pressure H2O combined with the biodegradable chemical removes those biological elements like uh, algae and uh, mildew, and you don't need it. The biodegradable plant-safe solution, wait to see the difference. Now, I tell people, go to, uh, log on to the Facebook page, Bethel Certified Softwash, Bethel Softwash, and look at the before and after. What a difference it makes. Bethel Certified Softwash Power Wash for your home, for your business, for your walkway, for your patio, for your deck. Make your home look beautiful. Get rid of that mold and algae. Instead, Bethel Certified Softwash. You can also text Jared at 401-617-2585. Make an appointment, free estimate, 401-617-2585. And look for them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Softwash. Right in Lincoln, Bethel Certified Softwash. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, where we have Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. Justin, let's also um, go down the list of a couple different topics that have come out of this whole thing, starting with what did you think of the governor saying, Governor Raimondo saying that as a result of a backlog of people trying to uh, get a license to, to um, have a firearm, that she is moving the waiting period now back to 30 days. The example they gave was that, say, like in a place like the city of Warwick, I think they said they usually have 28 in a week. And instead, again, when you start to announce there could be a lockdown and people are somewhat panicked and afraid that who knows the first responders can get out or just the fears they have, that it shot up to like 400. Uh, so she felt the need to go to 30 days, knowing, knowing very well that you haven't heard a lot about that, or I haven't in other states, and or the police are really, to me, not so much on the front lines. It's one thing for the hospital workers, and you can even say those that drive a rescue, but police departments, they have enough personnel. It seemed to be a huge jump to go 
uh, from seven day to 30 days. And not only that, the courts are closed until at least April 17th. So there's no way that any of the Second Amendment people or the gun rights uh, people can do anything about this. Well, what struck me about this is that it, it's kind of isolated on its own. I mean, I, I mean, I could see the argument that, you know, we need more time to, to grapple this, whether it's 30 days up from seven. I, I don't know if that's reasonable. But the fact that it's kind of a standalone thing. I mean, I, surely there are other things that our police departments are having to do that we maybe want to free them up from. So this it wasn't, from my understanding, it's not as if the state government was saying, okay, how can we free up some resources? All right, this is one way. And here are, here's another dozen ways we're going to move to free up resources for our police. Uh, it, Instead, I think it was the police chiefs association came to the governor and said, hey, do this. And she did. So it, it was almost in a, a way a special interest kind of approach to changing um, to changing the rules here. And it does make people's kind of suspicious. And so I, I kind of wonder, I mean, it, I don't know the nuts and bolts of, of the waiting period and who it applies to when, but it seems to me there ought to be other other avenues to take, such as, I don't know, if, 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 if we can categorize this person very easily as safe, then we'll do it right away. And we'll actually ease the restrictions a little bit. So it, it, one, it seemed, it seemed a little bit odd that this was a standalone thing that's got to free up some time. Uh, two, it lines up very well with the progressive attitude she's, she's brought to this sort of issue. And three, it just seems like an indication of the, which way they go. You know, when 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 we can't when government can't keep up with the responsibilities we've given ourselves, we're going to be more restrictive. We're not going to ease up our uh, what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to crack down and make it harder for the public so that it's easier on the government. And I think that generally is the wrong attitude, but I think that's generally the attitude of our state and local governments. I think you're exactly right. And in, in, uh, what's just a little bit ironic is, um, you know, the the Second Amendment people, they were. You know, before everything broke loose here this year, this legislative session, they they were very active at the state house, uh, very organized, very well run. And um, to them, obviously, there's distrust to begin with with the governor. So to move into this direction and say 30 days, for instance, if there is a backlog, I don't know why you couldn't just make it that it's now a two weeks or that we're running into some delays or something like that. And I understand the, the resources. But whenever she says, you know, it was the state, uh, you know, association of chiefs that came to her, I just I kind of take that as with a grain of salt. I just wonder if then, you know, many times um, that could be that maybe you uh, agree to give them a grant of some kind or, you know, something they're looking for and you'll get it for them. That I always regard a lot of that stuff as as political horse trading when someone says, oh, I'm just doing it because these people asked me when only because there's so many different groups that ask her of things. And then um, you just wonder how much she's going to, um, what she's going to adhere to. What do you think about Justin Katz, Governor Raimondo saying, um, I'm not going to shut down the state. I don't want to shut down the state. There are some people that are saying to do it for the next two weeks. What is your thought on that? Should Governor Raimondo shut down the state? Uh, no, I think she's she's had the right attitude on this, and, and I this is probably the biggest thing I've been taking heed on for things I've written in the past couple of weeks. But if you look at the numbers, f fully half of all cases in the United States are in New York State, uh, and if you look even closer at the county level, they're in the tr sort of the counties surrounding Manhattan, 
so and once you once you get beyond say 100 square feet of of land and water you're it, it drops tremendously so i i think we generally we're we're kind of a applying New York City, what ought to be happening in New York City, we're applying that standard to the entire country when what we need is the entire country, the rest of the country where it's not as bad to be comfortable out there and, and keeping the economy going. You know, social distancing. I went to CVS yesterday and they've, they've got tables in front of all the counters so that you can't get too close to the employees and stuff like that. And they've got tape on the floor for the lines. And that's a great idea. But just doing that would if that's your approach, that's going to improve the spread of the disease. And it's, it's also going to let people be somewhat active. So I think she's, she's right on, on this one. The Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity, the idea of government distancing uh, because of the coronavirus. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, that's in some ways we've been talking about that already. The idea is they're telling us to keep a distance from each other, but we also need to watch out for our economy and keep distance from from government, meaning we need government to lighten up. One way they could do that is delaying return of the sales tax, but other ways they can do it. We we actually suggested last week to let the restaurants bring alcohol or, or let, let them sell it during pickup. You know, all these restrictions we live under and we sort of accept during ordinary times, we need to, we need to ease those up. I mean, generally, but definitely in a crisis like this. Uh, and that's, that's, Basic, the basic idea. We'll have more ideas coming out this week, but a big part of it was also the the sales tax. So we just we've just in the past few years ramped up collection of the sales tax online. Well, if we want to help people have a little bit more money to spare, if we want to keep them home, hey, why don't we just suspend that and let people shop online and not pay the sales tax? So it's it's really about a change of attitude we've we've got to have during a crisis, uh, and and should have just generally going forward. What about, um, touch on that a little bit with the restaurants and the booze, Justin. You know what else is interesting about this is I don't hear, well, actually, hold it. We're going to take a quick break, and then uh, I want to hear your thoughts on, I think this is uh, a time that Governor Mundo, again, I don't want to be too critical because, listen, it, it is such an unusual time and situation, but I think a lot of the things that are, are coming out, uh, to me, essentially stem from just the way they operate, it's not going to be different just because it's a crisis situation. Folks, we're going to come back. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401 710 7096-401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said Ryan's appliance repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make a microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's appliance repair. 
at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor. And he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They're here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local AKA sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals, you need workers, you need MEGA, M-E-G-A professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. It's John DePietro, and again, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at dipietro.com. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Also, Justin, you know, for someone who has the experience level that the governor has, which is she had worked in, um, you know, venture capital with Point Judith, just her education, being a governor – it is. Um, it's funny. And the center did come out and say about restaurants and booze. I don't see anything for her staff to me that they try to think of themselves as they think differently. They're innovative, kind of on the cutting edge, all this stuff. I don't hear anything different coming out of this to help businesses. To me, this opportunity right now, because we're not in a lockdown. And I, and I agree with you, by the way, I don't think the state should go into a lockdown. Um, there's even a story that the restaurants that are open, you have to try to help them out. Bookstores are trying to do that will come out to the parking lot. Um, there's no reason for her to shut the, the state down right now, not with the numbers the way they are. But I think everything that they are working on with the Raimondo administration, well, not everything, but for safety. But this is an opportunity for like, we're Stefan Pryor. And we already heard that the website uh, crash for the Department of Labor and Training which echoes, you know, the problems with UHIP. Um, we are the innovative 2020 latest, you know, on the cutting edge ideas to try to help businesses through this. I don't, I don't hear it. Instead, as I mentioned, Governor Mundo just saying, I'm getting fed up with the federal government. They're not getting back to me and all this other stuff. I don't hear a lot of self-reliance in anything really innovative out of this that say, you know, your people came up with something or have been thinking about something. And then as a result of that, you know, a couple, a couple of the states have taken up the idea. 
Well, I, th I think um, <laughs> the when they say we're innovative, I mean, they, they mean it in a kind of a technocratic sense, as in we're the experts, we're give us more control and we'll we'll figure out the best thing to do for the state. And, and it's all on what government can do, how we're going to pick and choose who we're going to give money to. And that's basically been what Rhode Island Commerce and Stephen Pryor have been about is using government and leveraging the brilliance of our bureaucracy and elected officials to to move the, to, to grow the economy and pick the right industry that Rhode Island really needs to get into. So that's kind of their attitude of innovation, but really it ought to be, you know, how do we get government out of the way? What innovative ways can we use government to make sure other people can perform? Uh, and most of that's not actually that all that innovative. It's really just lighten up. <laughs> you don't have to have a, a license to to braid hair or something like that but that's i think that's that's what we see and so they they run into that if that's their whole belief system they're going to run into a problem of how do we get this going we're the government we need to do this and that's that's kind of my thinking on it. i mean Stephen Pryor, you would think if you have a, a commerce czar a secretary of commerce and all of that and we, we put all this money and effort into it and we, we bring in national organizations like the brookings institution to investigate our and and review our economy, you'd think that would person would be not so much the the go-to person for loans and, and tax forgiveness, but really somebody who just knows what's going on in Rhode Island. And in a situation like this could be useful to come forward and say, I know all these businesses, here's what they do. Hey, Honeywell could very easily transition into doing masks. Why don't we suggest that? And that could be that could be a useful position and that would be kind of innovative. But it means putting the emphasis on the private sector and on entrepreneurs and working Rhode Islanders and seeing what they're doing and how they are innovating and, and pulling government back out of the way a bit. Like we were talking about that government distancing. And that's just not how these folks think. They think we have to come up with the solutions and implement them. And they're not very good at it. So it's, it's a liability for the state in a time like this. Folks, he is the managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com. He's Justin Katz. Justin, great job, and we'll talk to you again. Remember, for your business, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer Pickup and Delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega truck and trailer repair. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Now, this is special coverage. The coronavirus affecting everyone. Remember AM 1380? 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at depetro.com. Visit the website. And then if you ever miss anything, you can also uh, click right there on the radio show and then listen to some of that. So I was talking about that that was a new concept. That Think of that. They used to have people that were, quote, doctors who would deliver, uh, deliver a, a child and they weren't even washing their hands. And once they started to implement that, the number of, of deaths of both the children and women delivering the child that went way down. And I think we're going to have more of that. 
and there should be more you know i blame a lot of times it's it's the the element of it is the employer sometimes and i've worked with people that come into the workplace and they're sick and they shouldn't be there those days are over that stuff has to work more people have to work remotely you know you're going to see this whole thing is going to transform there should be no tolerance of that or the employers that make someone feel bad so they you know come back to work even though they're still sick or so many things are about to change and and i've talked about many times this situation you know providence the average teacher in providence 30 sick days complete abuse they're not even sick and the kids hurt the learning virtual learning is going to be big why you don't need this and especially you know they're making the argument in providence forget about this you're going to do virtual learning you don't need all of this you don't need all these kids going into these old decrepit uh classrooms and the teacher calls out sick anyway and you have and you have a substitute it it doesn't make any sense it would make sense to have and i was starting to touch on this it would make sense to have one teacher for let's just say um for second grade english and one or two teachers even say and they have and i mean this 500 students but you have 15 children with two teachers aides in a classroom and the kids are all watching it uh from different locations you don't need all these schools you don't need all these old drafty schools broken down then they're so expensive to build you don't need any of that stuff and then you have all these second graders and they're watching two uh really good teachers say for english and then it's being filmed and then if there are questions it can be submitted by the aides and you won't you don't have 25 kids in a classroom you have 15 and you don't really need a teacher you just maybe need a teacher's aide and because that's the teacher and they're maybe doing the questions and the lesson plan is filmed and then if a child is sick they can still watch from home or if they miss they could go back and watch the videos so this business of you know Warwick, how about the city of warwick the teachers 90 sick days does that make sense to anyone talk about abuse i don't know what's going to happen with some of the first responders that part we haven't figured out when these firefighters all call out sick and then they get the time and a half and all the scams involved with that um that part we don't know about but there's so much of this of people working remotely where this this business of people going into quote the office and then never mind you have people that are sick in the office or some of these other problems you have all the congestion of rush hour more businesses are going to say we're going to set it up that you can work remotely from your home and then you don't even waste time commuting and then all of the some of the problems within the workplace and it's it's just going to make more productive workers and when you tell think think of the people that commute an hour each way if instead they could be at home and instead of you know getting on the train at 6 30 in the morning and driving up to boston to start work at eight o'clock um they're at home and they start work at eight o'clock and then they stop at five o'clock and they're home and there's no traffic and there's no rush hour and in the morning they sleep in they exercise they are not in the car on the train coming home and then they are more productive maybe they start work at 7 30 maybe they work till 5 30 
Maybe they work till six o'clock because then they're home anyway. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that this can benefit. But we need is I'm still not hearing enough from Governor Raimondo about helping small businesses. I don't know what the answer is. I know they've been spending too much money at the state level. I know that has to end. The money is not going to be there. It's not going to be there. You know, we've often wondered when you've had the incredible, ridiculous spending in certain cities that basically are broke on paper and Providence is basically bankrupt. Warwick is basically bankrupt. Many other cities are basically do not have money for all of these guaranteed health care, uh, all these ridiculous pension benefits of everyone gouging and everything. There, there simply isn't. You want to talk about the chickens are coming home to roost. Guess what? There's not going to be any money. There's not going to be any money. And the state workers, guess what? The state could lay off 5,000 state workers and nothing's going to change. And people are going to realize, gee, maybe we don't need 16,000 state workers. Governor Mundo could end up furloughing, uh, furlough and, and lay off 6,000 state workers. And they're just going to have to figure things out. Does the General Assembly budget really need to be $50 million? Do they need to spend over 100000 from January to June on catered meals brought in because they're there Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night? Waste, waste all these jobs they give out, um, all of that stuff. It, it's very simple. There's not going to be enough money, and they're going to start to cut it. In Providence, there's way too many workers in Providence. You could lay off. I, I, again, I, I feel bad, but I don't know what to tell people. There, there isn't going to be the money to sustain all this stuff. And this business of going to taxpayers and asking them to pay it, they, they're already, there's, there's going to be no money left in the well. Look what happened with Central Falls. Central Falls went bankrupt. And then all those pension benefits and the health care benefits, they were saying to the pensioners, you can get 50 cents on the dollar. But the, the gouging, uh, the thinking that the bill was never going to come due, taking advantage of it. I'm not saying it's going to happen next week. I'm not even saying it's going to happen next month. But wait till, you know, at the end of this year, when Mattiello crime family and at the state house and they have to come up with a budget and the shortfall. And by law, they have to balance the state budget. Guess what? They're not going to have. 10.2 billion dollars it's not happening i mean it's it's impossible they're gonna they, there will be a one billion dollar shortfall and then that's when do, do, does every department need a press person that makes you know one hundred thousand dollars a year and they work 8 30 to 4 30 and all these benefits and time off and everything else that goes into it and there's countless examples of this Every department under Raimondo has added these spokespeople. And suddenly, there just isn't going to be enough money to support all those people. So it's going to come to an end. And how bad is it? In Italy, they're not treating patients over the age of 60. If you go into the hospital and you're 60 years old and you're really sick, it's triage. They're taking the ventilators and the equipment off. And they're giving the beds to people that they think are going to survive. That's how serious it is. Now, again, we have better health care. We have better companies. We have better manufacturing. President Trump is going to bring the private sector in and is going to, that's going to make the difference on this. 
You're already seeing it. It's a different attitude with the Trump administration. They're not going to tolerate the shortfalls of government. You know, Governor, Governor Gina Raimondo's got some nerve saying that the federal government, she's never seen anything like it. This is Miss UHIP, right? This is Miss, there's one screw up after another. And they're always wrong on their numbers. Uh, she, she is, I, I don't know how these people are giving her a good grade. Zero. She goes after the legal gun owners. She likes to have these press conferences with her and that Rhode Island Department of Health, Dr. Scott, who was blaming President Trump and saying, you know, this stopping the flights from China is anti-Chinese. Complete foolishness. And in Rhode Island, Raimondo is still allowing elective surgery. It makes no sense at all. We have a lot more coming up. I'm also going to tell you more details you're not going to hear anywhere else. Again, your listing, special coverage, coronavirus, right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11 and we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. And remember, you can always listen online Visit the website, depetro.com. You can contact me there, send an email. If you ever miss any part of the show, you can uh, log on radio show. You can also listen live there, by the way. So wherever you are, anywhere in the world, you can listen live at the website. It's depetro.com. Just click on listen live. If you want to listen, maybe you know, you're away or you want to go back and listen to a guest, just click on radio show at the dashboard right on the website. And you can also then listen or re-listen, whatever it may be. And there's all the links to my social media that are right there. So whether it's Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or Instagram, it all starts. Folks, remember, it always begins and ends. The show never ends right there at depetro.com. <laughs> 